world. It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. Coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Today's show got a fun one for you. You were listening to Wednesday, December 6th show. And this evening, the Blazers play the Warriors in San Francisco. And they're going to get some players back. Specifically, Anthony Simons looks like he's set to return to the lineup. Talk about that. What it means. Uh, Jeremy Grant not going to play. And DeAndre might not play. Seems unlikely. So talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about the Blazers defense. I want to talk about the numbers behind the Blazers defense. It has been a revelation this season that they are a competent and sometimes very good defensive team. So I want to talk about sort of how they're doing it and whether it is sustainable. It's something I've thought a lot about and talked a lot about recently, including as recently yesterday's show uh, with Lamar Hurd. You should go check it out. But uh, we'll talk about that in the second segment and then uh, to close the show. Blazers got a disabled player exception. I want to talk about how that works and what it looks like and how they might use it. With Robert Williams out, they've been granted a DPE by the uh, league and we'll talk about what that means and what it looks like to close the show. But first, let's talk who's playing, who's not when the Blazers face the Warriors on Wednesday. Jeremy Grant is out. He's in concussion protocol. Um, you know, concussion protocol is interesting, right? You can't really give a timeline on it because um, brains are different. And Jeremy Grant has had, you know, had a couple concussions last year, was in the protocol twice. So you just want him to get right. And we won't know what that looks like. And we don't, I don't, I'm not even 100% sure that all of the hurdles are totally clear that for him to like the, the test he has to pass to be cleared to play. But he will not play on Wednesday after um, leaving the game on, on, on Sunday with a, or on, excuse me, on Saturday evening with about eight, eight and a half. Half minutes left. Took a hit to the took a hit to the the, the jaw head area, um, and it was just a scary fall and stayed down. It was it was a scary moment. So we hope uh, you know here locks on Blazers. We hope Jeremy Grant gets right, uh, but he is not going to play um, on Wednesday evening. DeAndre Ayton is listed as doubtful with right knee soreness. Uh, like the technical doubtful designation is he has a 25% chance to play. Uh, we shall see. Uh, but that that's a bummer because um, he's, you know, the DA is such a big part of what they do and they do not have a lot of center depth on the team. They're going to have to play small. The Warriors don't play super big after Kevon Looney sits down. So it's not a huge deal against Golden State. But, you know, you want to be healthy. You want your best players to play. And DA is certainly one of the Blazers' best players this season. Uh, so doubtful with right knee soreness. But the big one, the big one, Amphrey Simon set to return. He is listed officially as questionable. But I will note that when Scoot Anderson returned after missing nine games, he got listed as questionable. Then he played, and it was pretty clear he was going to play when they gave him the questionable tag. When Malcolm Brogdon missed five games and then he returned from the injured list, he moved from out to questionable. Questionable seems to be the designation that the Blazers are now using this year to mean he's going to play. He's going to play after an extended absence. Anthony Simons comes back. He was supposed to be out, you know, roughly six weeks, which would have been, you know, four or five days from now uh, and looking like the middle of December was a return. So I think this is uh, good news that he's back. You know, he returned to practice and practice what appeared to be fully. The Blazers put out a video of him practicing on their social media, on their social channels. So um, like if they're, if they're showing him like what appeared, you know, it's like, freaking YouTube clips or whatever. I mean, Instagram clips or whatever. So it's not maybe the best judge of health, but like playing and playing with 
the regulars and looking like Anthony Simons for the most part in the little clips that you saw. Um, seems like he's going to play. And, and Chauncey Billups told reporters on Monday that he was, um, you know, hopeful that if Simons would play in the very next game and now he's listed as questionable. So that looks like Ant's going to play. Um, I would be at this point, it would be surprising if he didn't. So that's good because the Blazers, they, they need his dynamic on offense. They need what he does. Um, the shooting, the ability to run pick and rolls, the ability to draw defenses out away from the rim because of his the way he can shoot off the dribble. You know, he's going to get attention. He's probably the only player on the team that's going to consistently draw a double team coming off screens. And I don't know if Ant's going to get double team every time he has the ball coming off screens. But if there's anyone you're going to send two to the ball for, it's, it's, it's Ant. So that helps. You know, it's going to add some confusion. Let's, like, real quick, let me just, guess on the starters i believe every time he's had a thumb injury like you know he's returning from a from a from a ligament tear in his thumb um i'm not a doctor i'm a podcaster (laughs) and even in my real job i'm not a doctor but like um i don't think hand injuries are the type of thing that would cause you to have a minutes restriction because when your hand is injured you can still run around and like keep your wind right and like keep your keep your cardio up and do workouts and do all of those things so i don't imagine that simons would have a, a minutes restriction but i'm not a doctor maybe maybe, maybe he will I, I don't know i mean maybe it's just like the difference in running around in the gym and getting through practice is not an nba game and you don't want to overtax him and play him 36 minutes in, in, in first game back so maybe they hold him to like 30 or whatever but I, I, I can't imagine that he's going to play like 25. I think he's going to play 30 plus because they're going to, they're going to need him. My guess for who starts is Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, Matisse Thibel, Tumani Kamara, and Duop Reef. Uh, with no Jeremy Grant, I assume the Blazers will, will move Tumani to four and slide Matisse Thibel into the, into the, um, into the starting lineup. I don't think they would start three guards with, with Shaden Sharp at the three. I think their identity has been to be big and to put good defenders on the court more in that in the second segment. So I think they'll stick with that. Like, I think that, I think that's what they'll do. And, and Reith is just, is just their healthy, their, their healthy and available center. We, Moses Brown, I assume will be active on this game. You know, he's, that's what he does, but I can't imagine he gets burned. I think they'll go small in the second unit with uh, the Jabari Walker and, uh, and, and Tumani Kamara front line. Maybe this is a game where Chris Murray plays. Uh, we we shall see, but maybe it's a game where they just play the guards, right? And the the the, the challenge with Amphrey Simons returning is that you got there's only 96 minutes for for point guard and shooting guard sized people to play. So it means that if you're going to get Amphrey Simons and you're getting Shane Sharp and you're getting Malcolm Brogdon and you're going to get Scoot Henderson on the court and and then you know three of those guys Brogdon and, and Shea and Ants like really need to, like if the Blazers are going to be competitive in games need to play a bunch of minutes, right? Need to play 30 plus competitive doesn't matter as much to me. I'd rather have Scoot play more than Malcolm Brogdon, but I'm not the coach and like, I'm not getting, um, if we, if, if the Blazers were to lose, my job is not, is not on the line for sure. So, um, and, and it would be weird if Scoot's minutes get cut into the teens. That's like not a good look for sort of the development of the franchise. So to, 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 to find minutes for all four of them, Shaden Sharp has to play some of the three. It's made simpler by the fact you're missing Jeremy Grant because he's just going to have to play the three anyways, because you're going to need, you're going to need those minutes. Um, it strikes me that you are worse on defense when you are playing Shaden at the three and two smaller guards. Um, and that had the Blazers identity has been that they've had plus length at those wing spots. You know, even Matisse Thibel is, is not super tall, but he's really long and, and, and he makes up for it by being a great defensive playmaker. Um, it'll be something to watch. And I, that's what I want to talk about in the second segment is like, is the defense real? Is it real? 
it's cl- they're clearly improved on defense, but is this thing like they're they're an above average defense right now? Is that going to stick? And they're going to spend all year in that spot. Uh, I will share some numbers to know and reasons to be hopeful, and maybe some reasons to be skeptical as well in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to tell you about winning. Excuse me, building a championship team. That's right. It's eBay Motors and my man, Joshy. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host, Josh Lloyd. It's my man, Joshy, bringing you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or you're like me and you're scouring the waiver wire to try to move out of second place and into first every week right here on this show, I'm going to provide you with the players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Joshy has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Player of the Week. A couple choices here for you because Joshy knows what he's doing. I'm calling him Joshy because he's, 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 you know, it's fun to tease folks. But Josh Lloyd is legitimately the best that the best out there doing it. So listen to his advice. It's how I have been. I'm in a fantasy league that's been going on for over a decade. I have never been competitive until I started paying close attention to the Josh Lloyd's fantasy basketball podcast. And I finished on the podium for the first time ever last year because he's given you advice like pick up Kelly Oubre for the eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy player of the week. Oubre is returning from an injury um, and he might've been dropped because, you know, he got hurt early in the season, but he was a bucket. He was a bucket for Philly on a minimum deal and 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 really um outperforming the contract. If you are light on points or you just need points because you play uh, in a, in a fantasy league, a non-category league that just rewards people for getting buckets, Kelly Oubre Jr. not only handsome, but also fills it up. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy league. Just like me, you're going to compete for that fancy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about players being the perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Whether you need brake kits or LED headlights or a roof rack or bumpers or whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's, eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, baby, not cash. So keep that ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Ants back. Uh, no JG, no DA. Uh you know, anchors of the Blazers defense, quite frankly. DeAndre has been darn solid for the Blazers in the middle. And Jeremy Grant, in a better role for him, has helped the Blazers improve, dramatically improve. From one of the worst defensive teams in the league last year to right now, according to Clean the Glass, they are 12th. 12th in opponents' points per game, points per, pose- per 100 possessions. That's your defensive rating, points per 100 possessions. They're 12th. 12th. Above average. They're flirting with 10th for a little bit. They're darn solid, and they've improved a lot. Um, and yesterday's show, if you haven't listened to it, uh, Lamar Heard, Bla- Trailblazers television analyst, H-Town's finest, uh, was on the program. We kind of talked a bunch about the defense, and Lamar is, is really a believer that this team can continue to be highly competitive on that end. And I told him that I have been skeptical of whether they could stay there. And not that, like, 
um, you know, I think like they suck actually, because I like, I don't think the world needs you to pick a side like that. But just like when I watch them, I watch them play darn hard on defense, but I don't always see a team that like locks up. But playing darn hard and buying into the plan is really valuable over an 82-game season. And undeniably, the Blazers have bought into the defensive system, and that is a big reason why they've improved. And the biggest reason why they've improved is the personnel is better. They're not playing Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard 35 minutes. They're not playing a bunch of Josh Hart minutes at small forward. They got length at small forward with playing Tumani Kamara in that starting lineup alongside Jeremy Grant. That's good length at the forward spots. Matisse Thibel's coming off the bench and playing um, solid defense. Jabari Walker has been a pretty darn good defender in his limited role. Um, you know, Scoot Henderson grades out as an excellent defender for a youngster. And you just don't have, you haven't had as many minutes with two small guards on the floor. And Anthony Simons' return will be a test. He has mostly been a, a, a deep negative as a defensive player in his uh, in his NBA career during his during his first five seasons. Year six, he's he has pledged to become a better defender, and we will see if that happens. It's a big test for him. Personnel is the biggest thing that matters with this stuff. Chauncey Billups had a plan, had a vision, then he got the personnel that could actually execute that vision, and the Blazers are much, much better on defense for it. Um, it doesn't mean that Chauncey didn't have a good plan before, although I do think there were times, uh, particularly early in his uh, tenure, where he did have a bad plan, but he's dialed it in. He, you know, coaches improve as well. He's dialed in a better a better approach for his team, and then he has players that fit what he wants to do, and like put those good plan good players to execute said plan and players that buy into said plan you check those boxes you're going to be competitive and the Blazers have been that so one of the things I want to do here and the thing I want to do here is kind of dive into the numbers how they built this thing how did they build a, an above average NBA defense um I am like I said I maybe I am a little bit skeptical of uh what how long they can sustain this and maybe like I'm, I'm pretending like I'm, I'm hedging like I'm not going to tell you I'm, I'm I try to be honest in this space I don't know why I'm, I'm BSing here I am skeptical that they can continue to be an above average defense all season long but I went to the numbers to try to find reasons to make me a believer you know I'm a believer that they're vastly improved on defense for sure like I don't need convincing that they're better it's whether they're going to be you know 10 12 in the league all season long I think they're more like 18, 19, 22 in the, for, the, for the season. But right now they're 12th. And so how did they get here? Well, it's not by opponents, um, you know, holding opponents to a ton of missed shots. They're actually 18th in opponent effective field goal percentage. So like they're below, you know, they're, they're slightly below average. Teams are, they're not shooting great, like shooting right, you know, right there. But like they're not shooting, they're, um, you know, they're not, it's not like teams are just bricking shots. Uh, but they are 27th in opponent's offensive rebounds. They give up a lot of second chance points. Some of that is just like Jeremy Grant plays power forward for them. Um, and like you're just, they're not beefy up front. And they don't have another like, they don't have a, a, a they don't have a roster right now with, with Rob Williams injured for the season, like with, that they can go big. They can't get much bigger. Even if they put Jabari Walker in there, who's a way better rebounder, like he's not physically much larger, but he is a better way better rebounder than Jeremy Grant's but you sacrifice a lot of offense with 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 Walker in there and so it's it's not like a, it's not like oh just play him 38 minutes that'll that'll fix it um so they 
they're not holding teams to 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 crazy bricks with their with their with uh, 18th and effective field goal percentage. They're kind of fine, right around league average. Uh, they're but they're giving up second chance points, 27th. Uh, you know, like that's that's not a very good opponent offensive rebound rate. But the way they're doing is it's turnovers. They're number one in the league, and these numbers courtesy of CleaningTheGlass.com, the indispensable statistics website from Ben Falk. They're number one in opponents turn enforcing opponents turnovers. That's what they're doing. They're just getting after it. They're cre- they are making plays. DeAndre Ayton's active and getting in the passing lane. Matisse Thybul is everywhere, running his magic, and Tumani Kamara is up in your shirt, blocking shots, getting steals, getting deflections, and they just they are they are they are better than everyone else at forcing turnovers. That's been the key for them. That is why they're an above average defense because they force turnovers. And 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 think about it like if you watch them play that jives will play you watch right like they're really active they play really hard they use their length and their athletes and they finally have point of attack defenders or point of attack defender specifically into monty kamara and, and shane sharp or excuse me and scoot henderson is getting there he, he grades out very well according to vince vpm as a defender and he's competitive on that end fouls a little bit too much but competitive on that end they have point of attack defenders and particularly to monty kamara specifically that that really can slow up the sort of the head of the snake for most teams. And then you get length behind him and you put Jeremy Grant in a much, much more reasonable position as a help defender and as someone who isn't asked to guard the point of attack where he was totally out of position with that same ask last year. And you length behind an aggressive defense up front. Um, They play almost exclusively man-to-man. They play a bunch of full court and three-quarters court pressure. And half court pressure where they're picking the guy up at the stripe at the at the timeline, um, like they it makes sense that they, that they force turnovers. Maybe one number one in the league is pretty darn impressive, but like it checks out with what you're watching with your eyeballs. So, I think you know that, that that's sort of your like basic four factor stuff. Are you make are you forcing misses? Not really, right around, you know, slightly below average. Are you limiting second chances? No, they're really bad at it. Are you limiting, are you forcing turnovers? Yes, 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 yes. So that part of the the, the sort of basic basketball on paper stuff, yes, the forcing turnovers is the key. The other uh, sort of important numbers to know is where are teams scoring from? Where are teams scoring from? Well, the Blazers are not limiting shots at the rim. 29th in opponent attempts at the rim. Folks are getting to the basket against this team. Some of that is the offensive rebounding stuff, right? If you get an offensive rebound, you're at the rim. So if you give up a lot of offensive rebounds, you're going to give up a lot of shots at the rim because you're giving up second chance points right there. You know, obviously some get kicked out and blah, 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 blah. But like just the basics of it, you're going to be, you're much more likely to give up more shots at the rim if you're giving up more rebounds coming off the rim. Uh, But one of the keys for the Blazers is that their fifth in three-point attempts. Now, um, I've mentioned this on the show before, and I'll reiterate it here. The nerds don't think you can you can stop team you can stop any opponent from making three-pointers. Uh, they think the defenses have have relatively little impact at the NBA level in even contested threes versus whatever of like stopping of stopping opponents from making shots. I think that is relatively random and relatively um, just like not super impacted by the defense itself. What a defense can do is prevent the attempts because if you get out there and say and and you know deter someone from shooting it that's actually three point defense and the blazers are fifth in the league in three point attempts this is their secret sauce they don't get give up a ton of threes and they force a ton of turnovers they're not giving up the most valuable shots in the league which is threes they're not giving up you know 
They're not letting teams get into the paint, kick out, and get three point, get a kajillion three-pointers up because they're putting pressure on the ball. They're forcing turnovers to getting in the passing lanes and, and limiting those kick-out options. Fifth in the NBA in, three, in opponent three-point attempts. That's a really solid number. Number one in the league in forcing, forcing opponent turnovers. That's, that's their formula right there because they're giving up shots at the rim. They're not exactly forcing bricks all around below average. They're giving up at second chance points. The key is the turnovers and the threes. Here's the thing, though. Not only do the Blazers give up the fewest threes, teams are missing more three-pointers than any other team in the league. They have the best opponent three-point field goal percentage in the league. Teams are shooting just 33.1% from three against the Blazers. The league average is almost 37%, according to Clean the Glass, 36.9%. So way under, way under. Limited attempts and bricks when they do go up. And now you'll remember me mentioning the nerds. It's why I brought them up. The nerds don't think that you can really impact shot the shot making from distance right at this at the NBA level because even a closeout you know I think open wide open sure whatever you can you can tell the difference in like some really good shots but for the most part NBA players are good and a contested three unless it's super rushed I think rushed is a better term than contested when you're thinking about what is a good and, and bad three contested threes are 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 still are still going in, in in the league right like it's it's the attempts and the Blazers have some smoke and mirrors in this defense because of how poorly teams are shooting from three against them. Cleaning the glass has a statistic on there called locational effective field goal percentage. And what it what it considers is based on your shot profile, like where you give up shots, rim, mid-range, three, what if teams just shot league average from there? What would your uh, effective field goal percentage, like defensive effective field goal percentage be? Effective field goal percentage is... Uh, factoring in the the that three pointers are worth 50 percent more um so it is it's it's the value of threes uh, instead of just raw field goal percentage so locational effective field goal percentage what if your opponents just shot the league average what if they just had an average night every night the blazers are 27th in locational effective field goal percentage if you give up all those rim attempts and you give up second chance points and you have had through the first 19 games teams miss more threes than is typical based on the league average if things if all things were equal like literally if all things were average the blazers would instead of be 18th in effective field goal percentage all the way down to 27th which means they'd be giving up a lot teams would just be shooting way better like just like just based on their defensive shot profile they'd be giving up more points they'd be giving up better They'd be giving up, you know, teams would be getting buckets against them based on how they play. I think that's my worry. The rim attempts and the opponent three-point shooting worry me because rim attempts are those are the best shots in the league. And if you are, if the, the, the formula, I think, for them to be successful, it, it kind of checks some important boxes. Force turnovers, limit three-point attempts. But the the rebounding and the and the and the number of of layup type shots other teams are getting that is a concern and i think that's why i generally feel a little skeptical about this holding up because that a locational effective field goal percentage at some point some threes are going to drop and they're you know you know it's, you're, you're obviously some you know you you can somebody has to finish at the top somebody has to finish at the bottom there's 30 teams in the league that's how the 
distribution works. But the Blazers being so, you know, Blazers being the best in the league or having the best three-point luck in the league, um, right now it seems like a... um, it seems like it's going to be the thing that catches up with him. So I remain a little skeptical, but I will say this. Obviously improved. Obviously better personnel. Obviously more buy-in, and they obviously play hard on that end. Will they eventually drop to something like 19th in the league on defense? Sure. Would that be a drastic improvement for what they've been for the last five seasons? Absolutely would. And the point of this year is, in some ways... Do they have a good plan and do guys buy into the plan? If they continue to do that and you continue to add more and better players to the roster, you can move forward and and that's a building block for you. So kind of regardless of whether the Blazers have an above average or below average defense, as long as the plan, the way it looks, force turnovers, limit threes, play your butt off, as long as the plan stays there, I am a lot less worried. I, I think you could... I think the sort of like defensive ranking will matter a lot less because you'll see it with your eyeballs. This team is better than they used to be. Okay, let's talk about the disabled player exception. Uh, The Blazers were granted a disabled player exception by the league because Robert Williams is out for the year. What the heck does that mean? And how the heck are they going to use it? Let's answer those questions in the third segment. But first... Let's talk last-minute tickets. There's no better place to get last-minute tickets than game time. Blazers are back after a couple weeks out on the road. A long road trip. Uh, they've been gone. They've been gone forever. But they're coming back. They're playing the Mavericks on Friday nights. And say you're just like, eh, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go. Wishy-washy. And then all of a sudden, Friday afternoon rolls around. You're like, no, I do want to go to the game. And you feel like, oh, I procrastinated. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be able to find cheap tickets. Well, guess what? You are, because you can download the Game Time app, the number one place for last-minute tickets. It's where I go to get my last-minute tickets, and it's where you can go, too. I like it because it is straightforward and super simple. And I think you'll like it for those exact same reasons. So say you're trying to find tickets to a Blazer game. You pull the app, app, app up on your phone. You search Blazers. You click on the game that you want to go to. It pulls up a map of the arena. You can see right there where you're going to sit. And what you see is what you get pricing-wise. Whatever the price says on the screen, that's what you're going to pay at checkout. And in four clicks, you got tickets, and they're emailed right to you. Plus, if you're curious or going to a new venue, you can click on seat, uh, view from the seat and you can literally look out on the court or look out at the concert that you're going to see from a, and have a, a view of exactly what that seat's going to look like. So take the hassle and the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked on NBA. You got twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use the redemption code Locked on NBA. That's L O C K E D O N N B A for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on. Blazers. Blazers got a DPE that's a disabled player exception granted to the league. Of, uh, first reported by Adrian Wojnarowski back on December 1st. Uh, it's, you know, the one of the like, one of the kind of silly things about like if you're really going to get into the NBA is you basically need to like understand contract law. Um, so I'm not, I am not a CBA expert, nor do I, um, nor do I disguise myself as one, but like, let me try to get you up to speed on what exactly disabled player exception is. 
it is an exception that is worth. Uh, it's based on the players who's injured salary, and it can be up to the mid level, the mini, the taxpayer mid level exception, um, which is just basically like there is a threshold that you can get and you get a little bit of money and it is not an open roster spot and it is not cap relief or anything like that. It's just a vehicle you can use to get a new player should you want to use it. Uh, the Blazers have been granted a $5.8 million DPE that they have to use by March 10th or it expires. The thing is, the Blazers, A, have a full roster. 15 players under contract currently. And B, they already got some vehicles to add players if they really wanted to. They didn't touch their biannual exception. They didn't touch their mid-level exception. If they wanted, if they, you know, if there were a player out there that they wanted to pay to join the roster, they could have done it all of July and all of August. And if any player were to be waived or just to be on the scrap heap now and you wanted to pay them more than the minimum, they could, they could, they could just go pay them. They have the mid-level exception. They could pay them actually like a great deal of money if they chose to do so. They sat out free agency for a variety of reasons, um, mostly because they were committed to a rebuild. Um, and even if they were lying about it for a brief period of the off season, but they were committed to it. Um, so what is the DP like how does how is the DP gonna come into play? The safe bet is it's not. That's the most likely scenario is that they won't use it. So Mike, why do they get it? What the heck? You get it because it's the right thing to do. If a player is out for the rest of the season, you ask the league, hey, we would like to apply for a DP, a disabled player exception, and, and the league grants it because Robert Williams is going to miss the remainder of the season. You're just doing your due diligence. You're making sure you have all the tools at your disposal because if anything comes up, you want to be able to have it. The second most likely way that they're going to use it is a un, is it is a tr- is in a trade. Um, like I said, the Blazers have 15 players in the roster. You know, Moses Brown has a guarantee date of January in January. Uh, the, I believe January 10th is, is for fully guaranteed across the league. And, and, and Moses Brown falls the last date it can be for across the league is January 10th. And Brown is just like he doesn't play. Um, and he has a, you know, his, his contract is, is basically week to week. Um, so at this point, he's given, he's been given his guaranteed money, got three quarters of a million dollars, get the bag, big mo. Um, but like if they were going to waive someone, it would be him. But again, if they need to sign a free agent, they could just do it with the biannual, with the mid-level exception money. They have the money there to do it. They're also $3.5 million shy of the tax line. They are certainly not going to become a tax team this year. So the number one way they're going to use the DPE is in a trade. When the Blazers do make a trade, and they're going to make a trade this year, and they're probably going to trade Malcolm Brogdon because of the aforementioned earlier in this episode, crowd in the backcourt, a little bit crowded in the backcourt. Um, it's not a crisis, but it's a thing. And it's and eventually they need to, to kind of clean that up one way or another. And Brogdon is the most likely candidate to be traded for a variety of reasons. One, he's good. Two, they have a bunch of other younger players and they're committed to being a little bit younger for the foreseeable future and building with that youth. So say they trade uh, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, they get, they have to, you know, trade, they got to make up some money, right? $22 million is about what he's making this year. So you got to, you got to, you're going to receive back 22 million, but the other team also wants to send you a player making 5 million bucks. Well, you can use that disabled player exception to absorb their money, um, in a trade in a way that would not where you would not have to match salary using a player 
So basically, this is like why you need contract law. It's like basically it would allow you to make an unbalanced trade and absorb a player making a little bit of money uh, the way the Blazers uh, traded and had a trade exception that they they used to acquire Jeremy Grant where they didn't send they didn't send balanced money. They just absorbed him into a trade exception that they had created exactly to absorb Jeremy Grant. Um, so I think the most likely thing that happens with the DPE is nothing. And the second most likely is that when the Blazers get to the trade deadline, they'll be able to take on a little bit more money while staying below the tax line to facilitate some trades, facilitate a trade, facilitate, you know, multiple trades um, that would, that will uh, allow them to help, you know, get, Take some, take a unwanted salary off a team that would ha- allow them to get more out of a deal or to make a deal happen. Um, you know, you, I believe the DP only allows you to trade for a player in the final year of his contract. So it would be, you know, someone entering free agency, anyways. Take a flyer on them for the final 25 games. And uh, if they're part of the plan, they are great. And if they're not part of the plan, that's fine too. That's what's going to happen with the DPE. That is today's show. I appreciate you listening. Let's do it again tomorrow, shall we? Blazers play the Warriors tonight, tonight, tonight. They play the Warriors in San Francisco. Tomorrow's show will be a recap of that game. And then Friday's show, we're going to check in on the Rip City remix. And Devon Pouncey, television analyst for the remix, is going to join the program. We're going to talk about what the Blazers have been doing down in the G League, including draft pick Ryan Rupert, who's kind of been balling for the remix. So don't miss those shows Thursday and Friday. What we do it, that's what we do. I mean, that's what we do and how we do it and what we do it, I guess. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts, also on YouTube. Tell your friends about the program. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.